Hello, listeners, and welcome to A Mommy Minute with AP and Pat. I'm your co-host, AP. And this is your co-host, Patrick Crawford. So, Pat, can you please tell the moms and dads out there who we are and what this podcast is about? In short, we're just two dads trying to understand the world of moms. And we're also two dads that are married. But not to each other. (laughs) I feel very, very guilty almost daily because I have meetings back to back to back to back. It's with teachers. It's with special education teams. It's with um, our region offices all day long on the computer and everybody's like oh you're working from home like we understand it's okay families are there but they don't know what it feels like to be on a meeting and have to turn and tell my kid mommy's on a meeting i'll be with you shortly and he is very good and he's very independent but i did not think that i would be a parent who has my kid watching tv eight hours a day and like throwing snacks at him in between meetings when i have five minutes so that has been a struggle Good people, welcome to another episode of Mommy Minute. This is your co-host Pat Crawford. And this is your other co-host AP. Hey, so we got family in the building right now. So we have a special guest. Let's call them special guests. Uh, we're going to be talking about some hard hitting things that are basing on brand for a lot of uh, parents right now. Absolutely. Typically, we talk about what's going on in the mom uh, industry, but I think all parents are kind of going through this state of confusion, a state mm-hmm. of anxiety, a state of maybe excitement for some, who knows, where they're trying to figure out what the next steps are for schooling. Schooling's mm-hmm. around, around the corner. I know my household, you know, we're literally talking about this every day for the last two weeks. We have no idea what's going to happen. So we have someone that uh, we consider family on the podcast today. She is an admin in, uh, in the school's district. We'll keep it at that. We'll keep Miss- it at that. <laughs> we'll keep it at that. <laughs> Ebony, what's going on? Hi, everybody. Um, I'm Ebony. Yes, I am a new admin in a school district in a pandemic, and I'm also a mom. So there's a lot going on in our household. I think the same like you shared, Pat, that this is a conversation that we have almost every day in our household. I have it with my teacher friends. I'm talking to my mom friends. It's We've been talking about this since March, and I think even once the school year gets started, things will change every single day and it will be a conversation that we are having for a long time. It's funny. It's funny because I remember when everything kind of went down and um, both me and my wife, Amy, we both work as college consultants in the high schools. And she asked me, she said, well, do you think we'll be back in two weeks? And remember when it first happened, um, it was only supposed to be for two weeks. And I told her then, I said, well, don't be surprised if we don't come back the rest of this year. And then maybe even the first semester or part of the first semester of next year. And she was like, really, you think so? I'm like, yeah, just just by the number, just by talking to different people. So when all, all of this happened, I wasn't surprised, but it's, it's still crazy because it's affecting us too. I think I remember like back in March, our superintendent said, oh, there's no way we're shutting down. And we had, I think it was a Thursday and we were at school planning for what ifs. And I think late that night, Thursday, they said, you know, nobody's coming to school Friday, but the teachers are coming back on Monday and we're going to plan for what's going to happen next. 
So we went home that weekend and then we never came back to school. And there was a point when we got information um, that we weren't coming back for the rest of the year. And I can tell you families, teachers, administrators, we were all heartbroken because nobody signs up to be an educator to teach online especially yeah. I work yeah. in an elementary school, especially elementary schools. Um, our school met frequently with parents and families and there is a lot of tears and a lot of, you know, this is not what we expected. And it was hard for the kids, parents, and for us in the school as administrators. Yeah. You know, being in the high school, it's, it's definitely different, you know, but it's still very, very difficult for a lot of the students. And it also depends on the, the, the school that you go to, uh, where the students live. I know mm -hmm. the school that I work in, a lot of the students, um, they don't, they lack the capabilities to really be able to do online learning, you mm -hmm. know? So that's been, um, you know, a really big issue here. But thinking about elementary and how it affects those kids, that's on a whole nother level, Ebony. Like, you know, we were, we were thinking about my daughter she was getting ready to enroll in kindergarten and we're we're gonna talk about that later but you know we even decided like wait a minute do i want to you know put her in front of the screen for eight hours like she can't she can't focus for that long mm -hmm. you know so it's been it's been a lot of difficult decisions that and and we still haven't come to a, a conclusion yet we're still teetering so it's 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 weird um yeah. <laughs> I just, I understand. I've heard that conversation a million times, especially kindergarten parents, especially when we shut down in March. Um, at that time, every student didn't have a laptop and our county and our school was committed to ensuring that everybody who needed it would be able to receive it. But we also are a public school, so we don't have every single thing that we can give. So we were trying to give at least one computer to the household, but then that was hard for families who had four kids and there's four different schedules of different times to log on. So one thing I do know is our county was committed to giving every student a laptop to try and make it easier. But then our school went one step further because of those developmentally appropriate things for kindergartners to say like, we're working with our teachers to do a balance of activities that are on the computer where you're face to face, but also knowing kindergartners need to learn how to write. They need to learn how to socialize. They need to know how to manipulate things so that they can count and different things. So all summer, every day, I'm going to say I'm working like 16, 17 hour days trying to make things work to do yeah. things that are developmentally appropriate to meet the needs of families, to be able to give people who are in schools who don't necessarily have the resources from their families, our right. school and our county are trying to do things like that. Yeah, that's, that's definitely the hard part that we're, we're going through now. So our oldest is five and, you know, Caleb, he has a special needs. So, you know, with children with special needs, especially in his um, spectrum, you need hands-on. You know, there's, there's no getting around that. So we're still trying to, to figure out what that looks like. But even with, with uh, Carter, you know, she's only going to K-3 uh, this, this year round. Um, the biggest thing that we're having a conversation about are the resources around that. Like, we're not sure exactly what that looks like. They rolled out that we saw the, the agenda, or at least the proposed agenda for, for the following school year eight hour days in front of a PC, That's tough. Um, there's, no, there's no possible way. Like even mm -hmm. towards the end of her, her last year, uh, when everything did break out and we were doing two hours a day, uh, controlled environment on Zoom with her teachers, that hour mark, she was done. 
Like she's like, I can't. She didn't know one. She didn't. She couldn't understand why she was in the classroom. Two, she didn't understand why you know, you know her her teachers are. Uh, it was just that they uh, adapting to that, right? Really adapting to that that different way of, of of learning. And then on top of that, just being just glued from the you know from the PC that long. Uh, I, she didn't retain much, man. So now we're trying to figure out what that looks like for for this following year. We love the school, but we've been just like UAP. We've been going back and forth on mm-hmm. does it make sense for her to be in the in the school system next year? Yeah, mm-hmm. so, I, I do I know, know Pat. When you're sharing about Caleb, it is my special education teachers who are calling me every day, emailing me every day because they want to do what's best for their kids, and mm-hmm. they know that some of these platforms are not the best thing. So they there's no guidance. There's no right. steps. A lot right. of people are saying like, we know this is our most needy population and we need to do something more for them, but they don't have the answers. Right. And I do want people to know that teachers really care and they're really trying and they're really, they want to figure it out when you can't be face to face. And there are some kids who have like other health concerns. So even if they could come into the school, it's going to look very, very different because you have to do the health and the safety piece first. So that is at the top of everybody's heads. And we also have an eight hour school day and I'm just wondering what that's going to look like. Um, We get lots of emails from kindergarten parents. I've spent um, many, many days this week on the phone with families talking about, you have to think about what's best for you and what's best for your kid and what you think you know that the school we're trying to do everything that we can to support your student one thing that our school is committed to is even if like our language arts our reading block is an hour we know that the kids can't focus what's best what's developmentally appropriate for them is 15 minutes like that 15 minute quick lesson our classroom like our virtual classroom will be on for that hour but we're going to have the kids doing different kinds of things and we had a meeting with our parents tonight to say like, yes, your kids get distracted. Yes, they're gonna walk away from the computer. Yes, they're not gonna wanna sit, but you have to teach them what's appropriate in their learning space. So for example, the teacher's gonna teach for 15 minutes and then she might say, go read this book or go practice this writing, but you have to model it and having the kids check back in. And I know that it's not gonna be perfect, but this is kind of what we got right now. Yeah. You're working within your boundaries and, and, and you made a powerful point as far as like anyone that's in this, uh, in the teacher space or in the administrative role that you are, you're really trying to think uh, like the global good, right? You're trying to figure out as, as things progress, as things mature. Uh, that's kind of the, the narrative that, that um, I heard earlier today when we were sitting down with the, um, you know, our school um, district went live today and we're having a Q&A session on just different things, everything around the conversation we're having right now. And it's the same narrative is that, you know what, we understand there's gonna be a, a lot of um, um, things to get around here, a lot of things that we have to learn from each other. Uh, someone made a powerful point that, you know, what they're gonna start doing is on a quarterly basis, get together and do lessons learned. So it's not that, you know, they're, they're building this now, but then they also wanna make sure they're implementing good changes and make sure the learning from, you know, the, the different mistakes that are gonna come out of this, but there's gonna be some mistakes. So, so oh, go ahead. no, 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 uh, go ahead, go ahead, Pat, my fault. No, no, it, it's, it's the only, only thing I was going to add to it is, is um, you, you kind of made a, a good point. So one, one of the things that they, they really pushed, uh, we'll, we'll probably get into this a little bit further. Some, one of the things that they pushed is they're also encouraging the parents to get more involved as well, which is tough because it's some tough. have to go back to work. You know, we're very, we're in a very fortunate situation where both of us are working at home, you know, 
So yeah. we want to take full advantage of it. And we right. saw how that, you know, um, uh, positively impacted Carter, especially with their hands-on. Absolutely. But, you know, my heart goes out to the kids who mm-hmm. are really just trying to figure out themselves because their parents yeah. can't afford to be home with them. So, yeah. Yeah. yeah it's, it's, it's very it's, – it's very hard to listen to some of the parents. I've talked to quite a few parents who, again, I, I work in the high school, so you would expect a lot of kids to be a little more self-sufficient. But again, everything depends on background, environment, you know, uh, different situations. And um, a lot of them are very dependent on coming to the school, sometimes even just for food, you know. So mm-hmm. um, it's so much to figure out. And I know that as administrators is very difficult and with you having to be an administrator and a mom I kind of want to talk about the conflicts that you had within yourself if any like so can you can you talk to us from a, a mom's perspective how you felt once you found out about this decision and then also from a, an administrator's perspective how you felt about uh, about everything after the decision was made Um, Just a little background about me. I am a super ambitious person. And when I had the opportunity to pursue administration, it happened fast. It happened in a year. Um, And that's with me graduating a program and then being offered the job during a pandemic. I was like, so do I do this? But I kind of had this, you know, now or never, like you're going to learn how to do it Mm -hmm. during the hardest time and you'll be ready for anything. Or maybe this chance won't come up again. So Um, I talked with my family and I just said like, you know, being a teacher, being an educator takes a lot of hours. It always has just because you pour your heart and soul into everything, but just having that balance of um, this is my job, but I also have a family too. So I went into being an administrator with that mindset. So when the decision came that, well, our district was a little bit different. Our district came down with the decision of we're gonna have hybrid and we're gonna have virtual. And at that time, we had a choice, I will call it. Um, Parents could choose, do I want to be hybrid or am I committing to a whole year virtual? Teachers, not administrators, could choose, do I want to do hybrid, do I want to do virtual? So as an administrator, I didn't have a choice, but if our school was going to be hybrid, there were going to be days where I could go to work and days where I could stay home. So for Jackson, that would mean something would have to happen with him. And even to this day, um, I've been on contract now for almost a month. He's been home every single day and I've been fielding like using my mom, using my dad, using my aunt who lives about an hour away. Um, In a week, my cousin's gonna come because as a family, we just can't commit to him going to daycare, him having a nanny, Mm -hmm. him staying home with me. Mm -hmm. Staying home with me has been very tough. Mm -hmm. Um, I feel very, very guilty almost daily because I have meetings back to back to back to back. It's with teachers, it's with special education teams, it's with um, our region offices all day long on the computer. And everybody's like, oh, you're working from home. Like we understand it's okay, families are there, but they don't know what it feels like to be on a meeting and have to turn and tell my kid, mommy's on a meeting, Mm -hmm. I'll be with you shortly. And he's very good and he's very independent, but I did not think that I would be a parent who has my kid watching TV eight hours a day and like throwing snacks at him in between meetings when I have five minutes. So that has been a struggle. So then I think, 
well, maybe he does need to go to daycare. Maybe he does need a nanny, but I am terrified. Like, I don't know what to expect. I don't think that there are any answers and especially being a black family. And we know that COVID-19 is affecting our communities more than other communities. Even when I talk to teacher friends who have kids too, I just don't think that I have the same lens because I'm very concerned for our family's health. So I don't know if I answered your question. My emotions are all over the place as wanting to be good at my job, wanting to be a good parent and wanting to be in health. And I think the last thing is I've been to school this week. I've been to school last week and I get sad every single time. Like I want to yeah. be an educator because I want to see my kids in the hall. I want to hug them. I want to be near them and yeah. walking around the halls of an empty school, knowing that it's not going to open is heartbreaking. Uh -huh. so yeah. I think I have every emotion. <laughs> no, I, I think that that's every parent across, you know, everyone that's going through this right now. So yeah. one of the things that Stone and I talk about is, you know, during this, this these moments, you know, they're so fragile, but they're also making us so much stronger. You know, you have you have no no choice but to build resilience and also to become stronger after this. And and that guilt is real. You know, it, you know, a lot of people look at you know working at home as though it is um, a, a luxury. Uh, I'm very fortunate to do this. I'm not I'm not taking back. I don't want to take that for granted. But I, I want I want the narrative to be very clear: is that it's very taxing one. And then to that guilt across across the across the board, Absolutely. whether dad or mom, whatever the case is, there are so many yeah. opportunities that I wish I could just break free and divorce myself for for an hour, you know, just to make sure the kids are okay. But I can't do that because mm -hmm. it seems like even when we started working at home, I'm even more busier now. Absolutely, you know, you're, you're tied into every every meeting. As yep. you're talking, Pat, I was thinking about the line, now that we're all from home, the lines between work and home are very blurred and it's mm -hmm. very so blurred. easy to be like, oh, mm -hmm. let me just jump on this really quick. Right. So I think in any profession while you're working from home, it's hard to make boundaries yeah. because work is now, you know, your living room, your office, your bedroom, Absolutely. it's in yeah. that same space. Absolutely. Well said. Well said. Absolutely. It, it's, you, you know, there's, um, there's so much to take away from what's going on now. I know that one of the pros that can come from this is that it forces us to be innovative, right? It forces us to really sit down and, and really figure things out. I think that's what's so great about how God designed humans is we can adapt to any situation, you know, and, and this has taken a little bit longer for me, especially, you know, to adapt to. Um, than what I, I would have thought because I was used to working from home at least, you know, once a week, you know, I, I would uh, come home, work in the office, but it was different because Amina was in school. We didn't have Adonis then. Um, but like you said, with the kids home, it's tough and it breaks my heart mm -hmm. when Amina wants to do something. I'm like, Hey baby, you know, let me do this meeting first or let me do this first. And then, and, and the, as a matter of fact, the other day she said, daddy, you're always busy. I said, Oh my gosh. Yeah. You know, that was, that was really, really tough. So it, it, but it, it, it lets me take a step back and say, okay, I need to start creating time. You know, mm -hmm. I need to start creating the space I need to be able to spend time with her and do the things that I need to do because I don't ever want to hear that again. So mm -hmm. it does force us, one of the pros, thinking about it, is it forces us to really become creative and innovative with the way we're kind of living right now. Yeah. yeah, I agree. I think one thing I have done is 
days are packed full of meetings and mm -hmm. being an administrator, you do go to a lot of meetings, but there's also other work to do. So what I've been yep. trying to do is like, you know, meeting times, have a lunch break. And then our lunch break, we go for a walk. We ride a bike because those are things that I would not have been able to do at, at work, like in the building. And then I really try some days are better than others. Like tonight I had a meeting um, before this, so it was harder, but I kind of shut down at five because I would have left work at five and I would be driving home and I would go get Jack's and I'd have to pick him up and we do dinner. So stopping at five and starting again at nine because we're turning around to school in a pandemic. So once yeah. he goes to bed, then I'm like, okay, I can come back and do different things. So it's kind of staggering those work hours throughout mm -hmm. the day when I know he's awake and making memorable moments for him too while he's being home. Because I do hate hearing that like, mommy's in a meeting, mommy's yeah. busy. Mommy, yeah. you talking to your friends on the computer again? And I'm like, yeah, those are my friends. And yeah. he's whipping by on his bike or showing his little toys. <laughs> in the so just yeah. trying to find that balance of knowing that I I am home and like you said, being innovative about the time that I do have and like spacing out work a little bit if yeah. I can. Right, right. And again, this this is a decision. And again, from, from, from talking to different parents, once the decision was made here, I got a ton of phone calls from both sides. You, you know, you had some parents that were angry, um, some parents that were happy, you know, because it fit them so whatever was convenient for them that's the uh, vote that they that they were expecting so but what you find is a lot of parents being mad at administrators there it's like they're they're trying to find somebody to blame they don't know who necessarily necessarily to blame so they it, it seems like there's a lot of anger going towards the administration and down downtown but as as an administrator what do you say to those because you're really in a lose-lose situation you can't mm -hmm. make everybody happy so what do you say to those parents who are angry at the outcome so one thing that we did at my school which i think was really powerful is after the decision came back came down my principal was like call us like call us and let us know we want to talk to you we want to listen um, we may have an answer, we may not have an answer, but what she told me is we have to listen for what were the challenges and hear those challenges and we may have an answer, but we have to make a plan on how to address them. So some challenges right away were of course childcare. People have to go back to work. They can't be at home with their kindergarten and first grader sitting next to them on the computer. And what I would say is I hear you, that's really tough. I completely understand. I'm going through the same thing with my child Absolutely. and I don't know what to do. And right. right now there are no answers, but it's something that's on the mind of our school board, on our superintendents. Like we're trying to do something to support you. That was enough to just say like, oh, like they, they're not trying to be against me. They're not trying to make right. it worse. We're all going through the same all thing. Right. Some yeah. of the things were easier, like they didn't have technology. Great, we're gonna work on a plan to get you technology. Your kid doesn't know how to type. Great, we're gonna do some kind of teaching class to help you learn how to do that. Great, you have four kids and they all have four different schedules. This year, we're gonna make all the schedules the same so everybody's not logging on and off at different times. So our step for our community was like, call us, give us information, let us sit and talk to you. And if you don't call us, we're gonna call you and we want to hear what was the challenges, what can we do to support you, what do you need so that we can, that's what we spent most of our time doing is gathering resources, supports, planning PDs for parents, 
to try to address the things that we can. And if we can't address it, just affirming how they feel. And sometimes people like it's okay to not have an answer, but if you show that you really truly genuinely care what they're going through, it makes a lot of difference. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I will say that every teacher that we've had to you know speak to, especially with Carter and Caleb, they've been you know um, very responsive. Uh, communication has been pretty stellar. Uh, they do a lot of robocalls, but then they also offer, hey, we're doing a live chat, you know, this week, whatever the case is, mm -hmm. reach out to us, email us. So it's been pretty good, you know, and, and, and just like you said, everyone's trying to figure it out. And they're, they're not isolated because they're actually going through the same thing that we're going through. So, mm -hmm. and it feels good to know that because, you know, their best interest is actually our best interest at, at the same time. So I, I do want to ask you a question, though. With, with that being said, are, what, what trends are you seeing with kids in, in homeschool? Are you are you seeing an uptick in that or the pretty um so it's a mix i think with kindergarten um parents are calling saying they don't know what to do and they ask for our advice about how do we feel about homeschool and i think the number one thing i always say is like think about your safety and what do you think is best for your own child i can't push or pull either way i think right. being a public school administrator you'd have to assume that what my thoughts would be in a general situation is I'm all for public school. I think about a lot of our kids did leave to go to private school, but it was for different reasons. Like some private schools are gonna push through and they're gonna try to be in person. A lot of them are. Different yeah. Things. Yeah. So those families, that's what they wanted. Um, at our school in general, there were a couple people who were on the fence, but again, I think we called and we tried to, um, meet the needs the best that we can to be able to support them. And with our district, the plan is to come back in nine weeks and reassess. And I think that held on to a lot of families who may have wanted to go the other way. So I, I think it was very minimal in ours, but I will say there are schools in our district who had 75 kids withdraw and that's like a whole oh, entire wow. grade level wow. impacts teachers. Like yeah. now the principals are like, what do we do? when we have all these kids left and now we really don't have jobs for the teachers. So right. it, yeah. it just kind of depends on your area. And I really think it comes down to families that can afford to and families that can't. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. so one of the conversations I see happening all the time, you know, in, in business spaces, uh, and if we actually thought about it um, by co contacting a teacher that uh, is involved with Caleb, um, private classes, honestly. Mm -hmm. Like, because it's it just one of those situations, especially with Caleb, going back to, you know, with him being special needs, you need the hands-on. And it's a lot for us to do during the day, especially when Carter still has to go to school. We got Charlie. So, uh, you know, we, we're seeing a lot of conversations, a lot of teachers that we know are thinking about going to the private practice, uh, like setting up their own firms and, and just kind of outsource themselves on a, on a weekly basis. I personally have, I have mixed feelings. I think that like if I thought about Caleb's situation, like, yes, there are students who really need their teachers to be there and be hands-on, but I also went into education to support those who are not able to get it. We have homeless yeah. students at our school. They're yeah. not gonna have parents who are gonna be able to do that. So I feel like there has to be a group of people who are willing to muscle through and go. I'm hoping one day in the future, public school will return to the building how it not how it's been i think there's lots of changes like you said lessons learned but for that purpose there are teachers have to stay in the field somebody yeah. does because there are kids who are going to need that system right yeah yeah 
agree. And I know, um, I know here what they have done, especially, um, I think for the future more, more so is they've actually created a virtual online school for ever, like forever. So now they're giving, um, parents and kid and, and children the option to be in this virtual online school. Like you don't have to come back. Um, mm. which I thought, which I thought was interesting. I, I, I don't know how I feel about that. You know, but it's interesting. Reminding me, I had kids who soared, right? They were quiet. They never said anything in class. They really just kind of kept to themselves when we were in the building. We go into the virtual environment and they are rocking it out. Mm. And like some parents are like, this is exactly what he needs. It's kind of self-paced. He checks in, he does this, he's doing all this stuff. And he was a student who really, really struggled. And this was the format for him. So that's why I paused when I said going back to public school in the building, because I think we've learned a lot of really great lessons. And I really, really, truly believe in like one size does not fit all. Mm -hmm. You have to do what's best for every kid. You have to know what works for them. And this, that virtual format works for some people. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Agreed. Agree, and there's a pros and cons to everything. Like you go to one direction, yeah. There's every you're gonna lose something, whether it's a social skill or mm-hmm. or or whatever the case is. It just comes with the territory, I guess. At the end, it's just it's just really about understanding what your needs and your family's needs right. are, right. and really going that route. I think if right. you go that route, you really can't can't lose. I know this is you know last last question, um, Ebony, and this is something that a lot of parents keep calling me about it's uh there you know like um mr hall so after this nine weeks are i'm like look i wasn't even in the meeting like i don't know what's gonna happen after these nine weeks i know they're gonna reevaluate and then you know they'll let everybody know so don't i, I was telling one one of the parents don't go go into this saying okay it's only nine weeks Mm-hmm. Or don't go in saying, okay, this it's going to be longer than nine weeks because we don't know. We have to look at the data. But uh, what ha, have you have you been bombarded with a lot of those questions? First, I was laughing when you said I wasn't at the meetings. I don't know, and I'm thinking I'm at every meeting, and I still don't know what's going <laughs> on nine weeks. Um, I think one message we say is one day at a time. Like we're just taking it one day at a time because honestly up until the point when we decided we were going all virtual, we thought we were doing hybrid and virtual. And it literally happened in a um, school board meeting after nine hours of debating that now we're all virtual. And so at the end of this nine weeks, I think it's gonna be the same. Like maybe there will be a plan building up to it, but then cases go crazy, the governor shuts the state down and then we don't know. So I think that, we talk about the one day at a time and as teachers and administrators doing the best that we can for every family, for every kid to make this start the best that everybody needs. So just, nice. yep, I don't know what's happening in nine weeks. I don't know which way it's going to go, but let's focus on the here and now and getting you everything that you need and protecting your family, taking care of your family, getting the resources that you need, giving you as the parent a support um, uh, what we did tonight with my school was a parent workshop on how to set up your virtual home environment. Like your kid 
is having trouble with the schedule, your kid is having trouble being engaged. We wanted to, our school psychologist and social worker put together a whole presentation to give parents right. resources and strategies for starting the school year. So that was our first thing. Next month, we're gonna be like, what do you need help with? Okay, we're gonna put something together and we're gonna, um, there's even parents sharing different things that they've done. So I think just continuing to have support and not thinking so far about what is going to happen or what's not gonna happen. Right. Because on it, nobody knows. No one knows. Absolutely. So I'm, I'm, I'm gonna end with this last question. And, and first of all, we thank you for your time. We know it's late and you, yeah. you, you could be doing some other things right now. Like sleeping. Uh, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> uh, so the last question I'm gonna ask you, you know, there's a lot of people going through this right now. A lot of parents, uh, teachers, uh, people in the administrative uh, positions like yourself who are probably gonna hear this. So what is that message you could give them to hopefully encourage them you know, as they, as they progress? Um, one thing I think as an educator, as a teacher, one thing that I keep hearing over and over again from our leadership is remembering your why, making sure that the main thing is the main thing. And I think about, I became an administrator for relationships. And right now relationships is the biggest thing. Families don't know, but they trust us to be able to have those conversations. So no matter where we are, what are we doing? I'm gonna make that phone call, I'm gonna send that email and I'm gonna keep that relationship. I think as a mom, it's still the same thing too. Like my relationship with my kid, with my husband, um, learning how to strategize and plan time to keep those, th those things and those pieces important. So really firming up what you believe in and whether it's for your job, being an educator, maintaining relationships, or being with my family, maintaining relationships. So through this whole thing, the craziness, the unknown, the next steps, remembering that's my first thing, that's the most important thing, and keeping grounded in that. I think that's very powerful, um, and I, I'm not, I'm not going to be long-winded, but I just, I just wanted to touch on what Ebony said because I think in a time like this, the most valuable thing that. Um, administrators, teachers, educators, uh, counselors, like people in my position as well can do is build relationships because rules without relationships equals rebellion. But as long as we can build those relationships, then when we're talking to them about the rules, they'll accept them because we've already built that rapport. So I just wanted to piggyback off what Ebony said, because I think that's so important. And and I'm hoping that a lot of administrators and a lot of teachers will actually take that path that you just laid out of it. And I just wanted to say too, like for parents or anybody's listening to this and when you're thinking about your administrator and you're going through all those feelings, I don't know everybody's administrator, but I wanna almost presume very positive that when you become an educator, especially an administrator, it's because you're invested in so many aspects of the school, mm -hmm. call them, email them, ask them their questions. If they don't answer, call them, email, answer, ask the questions again, because their job right now is to smooth this process over. So if you have questions and concerns, those are the people that you should go to and ask and just kind of follow up with them, help make decisions. And if you get real desperate, go to Google, find their address. No, I'm just kidding. Or the school board, call, email the school board. Those people make really big decisions and they should be the right. voices of the people too. So definitely write so to true. them, reach out to those people. Mm -hmm. Agreed. Well, once again, Ebony, we thank you for joining us tonight. 
Thank you for joining and listening to this episode. Thank you for uh, listening. This is uh, another episode of Mommy Minute. This is your co-host, Pat Crawford. And this is your other co-host, AP. Bye. Thanks, everybody.